The name's Bond. James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Grow up, 007. <laughs> this never happened to the other fellow. I'm the man. Every penny of it. So you put your money where your mouth is. Well, that's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll do anything for a woman with a knife. Shocking, positively shocking. You get your clothes on, I'll buy you a nice trade. <laughs> it is Double Oz 7, your favouritest podcast in the world that talks about your favouritest movie franchise in the world, James Bond, coming to you today for another special interview, and it's another episode where it's just me, Colin and Noah are gone. They've been fired in 2024. This show's all about me. The takeover's happened. You're welcome. Get pumped. We are here today to talk to Maria Lindsay, who is both the concertmaster and violinist for the Willoughby Symphony Orchestra, who this weekend are performing An Evening with James Bond. They are going to be performing a variety of songs from the James Bond franchise over two days, performing both Saturday and Sunday right here in Sydney. And we've got Maria here to talk a little bit about that and just what the James Bond franchise means to her, what we can expect from this, just how eclectic the music tastes are of the James Bond franchise and how it works for a symphony orchestra to be able to play it, what it means for a symphony orchestra to obviously play a bit more, say, modern music maybe than what some people assume a symphony orchestra plays and going into a little bit more detail about that. Also explaining a little bit about what a concertmaster is because I, for one, had no clue what a concertmaster was until Marie was able to explain a little bit more for this as well. Is there going to be some dressing up? Do I need to dress up tomorrow night? We find all that out in here. And, of course, the big... Big, big question is Die Another Day on the set list. There's an answer in it for you in this interview. Sit back, relax, and listen to our chat with Willoughby Symphony Orchestra Concertmaster Maria Lindsay. So excited to be able to bring you today's guest on Double Oz 7. This week, if you are in Sydney, head out to see the Willoughby Symphony Orchestra because they are performing an evening with James Bond. Obviously, we know all about the great music that comes from the franchise that we love. And this is going to be a collection of a variety of different Bond songs, Bond music, set to the beautiful music of the Willoughby Symphony Orchestra, as well as some singing alongside of it, which we're going to touch on this. And joining us to learn a little bit more about that is the Willoughby Symphony Orchestra's concert master, as well as a violinist and esteemed professional in the music world. We're talking about somebody with a career who is a teacher, chamber musician, soloist, artistic, travelled the world, been with some of the leading orchestras right across the globe. And I'm so excited to learn more about her as well as this performance this weekend. Maria Lindsay is with me now. Maria, first of all, welcome to Double Oz 7. Hi, Ben. It's fantastic to be here. Thanks for having me. I bet you probably never imagined that through all interviews and everything that you've done in your career that you'd be sitting down and talking to a James Bond podcast. This might be, I guess, maybe the most random request you've probably ever received. Oh, I think it probably <laughs> is. <laughs> if you'd asked me, I wouldn't have pinpointed this one. Yeah, probably probably not on the list of ones you ever thought you would do. But uh, before, before we get in and talk about, obviously, what's happening this weekend... Concert Master Maria, we had a bit of a chat off air about this. Uh, it is literally something I have no idea what that means, and I'm sure some of our listeners don't know what that means either. Explain to me what a concert master is. 
Concert master is basically a posh word for the lead violin. So I'm the violin that sits to the, if you're looking at the orchestra from the front, I'm just to the left of the conductor. So there are two violin sections, firsts and seconds. I'm the leader of the first violin sections, but I'm also the leader of the orchestra. So I've got a lot of responsibilities on a lot of different levels um, before, during and after a show. So is it kind of like a captain of a team in some sort of sense? Are you the captain of the violin team almost? <laughs> I'm the, yeah, it is like a captain of the violin team and, orchestra, and also that, so the violins are looking to me for directions and in some ways the orchestra is as well. The other sections of the orchestra have their own leader, leaders of their own sections um, but then they also, I have to make some decisions that involve the whole orchestra as well. What, what, and can, can you give us an idea of what those decisions are? Like if all of a sudden you want to play a bit faster, is it kind of like things like that? Like what No, decisions? that's up to the conductor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, well, well, we're all, you know, eyes glued to the conductor. The conductor is the real captain of the orchestra. So, um, yeah, uh, well, I don't know, before the performance, I have a lot of different duties that involve how the, uh, how the instruments are going to come together. It's a bit hard to explain, actually. It's a bit technical. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, and, and during the uh, performances, I'm giving some leading instructions about you know, to the uh, string players about how to articulate with the bows. That means how short or long to play. These things are all discussed in rehearsals as well. Um, and sometimes it involves making a small movement that someone at the back of the orchestra can see, you know, so that I'm connecting with the percussion or the brass instruments just so that we're like really together on a particular cue. Fascinating. That sort of, that's, that's, a, that's like a really kind of, yeah. No, ba- I like that. That's yeah. what I like to hear, kind of the basic levels of that, Marie, because like seriously, yeah. I mean, when it comes to my music knowledge, it's not that large. So uh, you're selling it perfectly. And it's it's little things that like, like that, that when I go and watch a performance, I like to know a bit of that knowledge so that when I'm watching and enjoying it, that maybe I can keep an eye on you or keep an eye on other people and go, oh, okay, I see what she means and see that it's, it's – we could do a whole episode on that, Maria, and I'm sure that we there's <laughs> fasc- fascinating in all of that level of things. But in terms of what we're, we're going to see this weekend, as, as I mentioned, a, a night, an evening, sorry, with James Bond for the Willoughby Symphony Orchestra. Just James Bond music. We, it's so iconic. It's been going on now for more than 60 years. When you get this on the schedule, it said, right, this is what we're doing. What does that sort of mean to you that you can celebrate a franchise of this length that you've got all of those movies to pull from and the music like what does that mean to you to be able to perform something like this oh it's really exciting um these days classical musicians get to play a whole lot of different genres we you know, we're all trained as classical musicians so we start off playing lots of mozart and beethoven but really there's so much um crossover happening in the classical world as you know string players orchestral players you know brass winds percussion have been involved in movie music right from the very beginning a lot of the great composers wrote for uh, movies a lot of the great classical composers like Prokofiev and Shostakovich even those Russian composers which is amazing Um, that's just a couple of names so you know these days we play lots of John Williams like Star Wars Mm. and Superman and all of those sorts of things James Bond is obviously in the category of its own because it's just so iconic It's um, and it's just got such an incredible following for so many fantastic reasons. The, the movies are absolutely incredible. The music, as soon as you hear it, you can just feel that James Bond vibe, that elegance and that adventure and everything that goes with it. It's um, The music really does portray 
what's going on so 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 incredibly and and anyone who's familiar with the movies of course is just right there in the world as soon as they hear the music yeah which it's, it's also that eclectic mix of of sort of genres over the years because i mean it's 60 years worth of films whereas you mentioned john williams you know probably starts more in the 70s and sort of moves on through all his different films and of course all of his films cover different genres you know it's not the one franchise so this kind of sticks there which is it sort of necessarily a case of with the set list that you can sort of make sure that a lot of the different decades are covered necessarily so that there's a taste of each of kind of the errors of bond so to speak there, there absolutely is, yeah. Yeah, we will hear music from the old, you know, Sean Connery and Roger Moore movies right through to, um, uh, yeah, the, the, more, the more recent movies. We'll definitely get a taste of it all. Which do you go into this and, you know, whether you're a fan of the franchise or not, we all know the songs. Everybody's familiar with the James Bond songs. Do you have ones that you automatically come to mind, like Goldfinger or, you know, like things like that where you're automatically like, oh, I hope that's on the list. And then when you see the list and hopefully it's on it, you're like, yeah, okay, good. I get to play this song. Yeah, absolutely. Goldfinger, Skyfall, You Only Live Once, Live and Let Die, From Russia With Love. Yeah, those those titles just give you chills. They, like, yeah. They, they pick it up there, which I will ask. Yeah. I, I mean, you obviously had a bit of a, a – and I had a bit of a chat uh, off air about your, your level of fandom. And, again, trust me, again, this isn't a trick to try and put you on the spot with it. But, I mean, sort of what is your level of fandom with, with James Bond? Is it something that you've sort of paid attention to over the years that you kind of you stay up to date with? I mean, kind of your, your general fandom of the franchise. I've got to say, playing this music now is making me want to go and watch more of the movies. I'm a I'm I'm not the strongest movie watcher when it comes to blood and gore. I've got to say so. There's there's been a, a few holes in my James Bond viewing, but I've definitely watched the older movies, and I think that you know, oh, they're yeah, absolutely brilliant, absolutely yeah, stu- yeah, incredible to watch, stunning every stunning in every every way. Does it does so, it? Yeah. Does it a case of then when you sort of get a project like this or a, a performance series to do of this that rather than watching the movies, do you listen to the soundtracks? Is it a case of you just, you, you know, jump onto Spotify and kind of look up the Goldfinger soundtrack, the Spy Love Me soundtrack to just kind of sort of refresh that memory for some of the other pieces? Oh, I've definitely done that. I've, I've done lots of that. Yeah, yeah. The, the songs are so iconic and the artists that have sung them over the years, they've, they've always got the top artists singing the songs as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've definitely done lots of that. I remember many years ago, I'm, I'm originally from Tasmania and, uh, the Tasmanian Symphony Orchestra did a similar night like this, where it was a night with Bond. They played, you know, majority of the songs, had a singer there. It was, it was really, really fantastic. And I went with Noah, one of my co-hosts, not on the episode today, but thoroughly enjoyed it. We're Bond fans and, you know, we know everything, of course. But again, back to our point about how the beauty of this franchise is everybody knows a Bond song. Everybody does this. So for people who are attending this, I can imagine it's a, a mixture of people like me, massive Bond fans versus symphony fans versus movie fans. Like, and that's, I guess, the beauty of a night like this, isn't it? Where it, can, it can appeal to all levels of fans. Absolutely. Um, it's going to be so popular for so many people. Um, this show, just so you know, um, we've got Mira Carew singing with us who has been doing the show all over Europe to sold-out audiences. Um, and Nicholas Milton, who is our chief conductor at Willoughby, is a world-class conductor and he's also an amazing showman and he's been conducting the show over there. So we're actually building on something that's been performed all over Europe and that's so exciting for us to know that um, those those two people, our conductor and our main singer, 
um, are so experienced and so highly regarded in Europe when we're, when we're doing it right here in Chatswood. Fantastic. Which I guess yeah. also does it add a bit of, I mean, not to say that it's not already pomp and pageantry with the Willoughby Symphony Orchestra, but in terms of like a couple of extra bow ties on the on the tuxes, a sneaky martini maybe next to you in between uh, uh, songs oh. and you can have a bit of a, a, bit of a drink there, Maria. <laughs> well, if you look at the publicity photo, you can see that our chief conductor, Nicholas Milton, is there with his baton and his martini yes. looking very, very elegant uh, in his bow tie. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely we're hoping for a, 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 that sort of vibe. Which I, I, I love kind of just how you kind of vibe that. And is it a thing like, I'm going tomorrow night, Marie. Should I be dressing up in a tux? Should I be getting in the vibe and getting a bit bondy in there for myself as oh, well? Well, it's it's not a requirement, but <laughs> I, I think you're going to want to feel like doing that, aren't you? I know, kind of now. I, look, I, I think if yeah. I'm being completely honest with you, I don't think I've ever worn a tuxedo in my life. So oh, Maybe now's your chance. It could be. Get it out. Perfect Get it out. excuse. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, I, I kind of think that because, yeah, like I, I, I vividly remember that night that Noah and I went with the Taz Symphony Orchestra and it was just, it's just such a great night to experience. And I think on that level of, of fans that there are going to be some, maybe like yourself, who have seen the Bond movies across their life, but maybe haven't seen them in a very long time. So it's going to take them back to that time when they saw a movie and kind of bring that because that's the beauty of music, isn't it? It takes you back to a time and place and it, it brings back those memories. It really does. And if your listeners feel like dressing up, I would strongly encourage it because we ha- we've had concerts. I'm just while you've been talking, I've been remembering we had a we did a Whitney Houston concert oh, and people wow. in the got dressed up very eighties for that. We do children's concerts where there's a theme. Um, we've got the Little Mermaid coming up this year, so I'm sure that we'll have some Little Mermaids in the audience. Yeah, um, we've got we've done Christmas concerts and concerts themed in different ways, like the English proms and, and things like that. People come with the Union Jacks, so I will I would dare say people definitely will come. That there'll be a good proportion of the audience who will make a little bit of an effort there. A bit of cosplay. I'm thinking here, you know, like not only just with the, the tux, but, I mean, I could shave the head, put a scar on my face, go as Blowfield, bring a cat and just, like, stroke it in the audience. Ooh. I mean, you know, maybe it's scary, but at least it, it's, it fits with the theme, right? Absolutely, yeah. The options are endless. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to see like me it. in the crowd. You're like, hey, there's that, that, that guy that, that, that did an interview with me. There he is. He's bald and got a cat. Tonight I'm allowed, probably not allowed to bring a cat, though, into the... <laughs> The chamber there. Uh, <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. But not to mention the, the elegant dresses that some of the women could be coming in. That is very true. That is very true. Yep. The style and everything along those lines, which 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 goes into it. Because this, this, if I'm not mistaken, is this kicking off the 2024 season as well for Willoughby Symphony Orchestra? Is this the first performance for the, the season? It is. It's our very first performance after the break. Big kickoff, big kickoff way to do it because it's, I mean, it's exciting to kind of have that that level of it. Can you can you give us a bit of an idea just on the Willoughby Symphony Orchestra, maybe for people who aren't in Sydney, uh, people who aren't sort of overly, overly familiar with it? I mean, in, in terms of just the performances and everything that comes out through a year, like, I mean, sort of what goes into, I guess, what, the season generally schedule is? Willoughby Symphony Orchestra is really busy. We, um, uh, yeah, we have concerts all throughout the year. They're really varied. We have concerts that might be more classical. Classical, As I said, we've got The Little Mermaid coming up and we will have the last night of the proms again in, in August. We, that's a yearly thing. Um, and uh, so, so that as musicians, we rehearse in a block leading up to each of these concerts. So we and there doesn't seem to be much 
time in between where there's not re- where you're not rehearsing up until the next concert. So there's a, there's a lot happening. It's um it's a fantastic orchestra. It's a fantastic hall. It's like a mini opera house. So wow. it's um, we've had the support of Willoughby Council for something like fifty years. Um, and so about twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, I think it was they they built the concourse. Uh, to replace the old town hall, which was very similar to town halls that you see all across, you know, every suburb, every town, um, got replaced with this incredible concert hall and theatre as well. There's a concert hall and a theatre, absolute world class. Um, So coming to a Willoughby Symphony Orchestra concert is a... It's a real experience for for diehard classical fans, for people who like music of all kinds, because we really cater to so many different tastes. Very much looking forward to, to seeing that. And generally, what's sort of in a lead up, let's say a week before this, like how many times are you rehearsing? Is it every day? Is it twice a day? I mean, kind of like what's sort of the preparation that goes into a, a regular week ahead of a big show like this? Yeah, that's usually evening rehearsals over two, two to three weeks, uh, not every night. But uh, we have several rehearsals over two or three weeks beforehand leading up. And it gets a little bit intense just the last couple of days. We've got back-to-back rehearsals there and another rehearsal on the day. Um, then uh, on Saturday afternoon is our, our final rehearsal and a dinner break and into the Saturday night show, and then, followed by the Sunday show. I was going to say, is there, is there enough time after the Saturday show? Can you fit in a sneaky little rehearsal before the Sunday one? No, we don't need it by that point. We just uh, at You're that on point, point we, by then. We need to rest. Yeah, we need to give the brass players, especially, a bit of a, a break for their chops. We can't uh, can't have them blowing too hard all the time. I, I can I can imagine. And just for yourself too, though, Marie, like kind of what is there things that you do in terms of the lead up just at home? Like, I mean, I can imagine it's very physical as well. So I can imagine there is sort of a lot of things outside of just playing the violin that you probably need to do to in order to prepare for something like this. Oh, there, there really is. Like, I there are so many exercises that I do personally. Everyone's got their own routine. But um, I do daily uh, strengthening and stretching exercises to make sure that everything stays where it's supposed to stay Um, because it is very physical. You can, uh, like specifically for violin, you can get neck pain, back pain. Um, You can get RSI in your fingers if you're not careful, if you don't warm up properly and, and practice carefully with the right kind of balance of strength and relaxation. Um, and then, of course, there's your actual practice itself. So your scales and arpeggios and <laughs> your, you know, your technical warm-up um, as well as practising the actual repertoire that you're playing. So, yeah, there's, there's quite a lot involved. If someone else will give you their version of it, it'll be a bit different. That's why I always ask that question because I love hearing kind of people's uh, different ideas in that. Just before I let you go, a couple of quick questions. I always mm. love it whenever we speak to somebody with an <laughs> item, like an instrument or anything like that. Your violin, do you just have the one? Does it have a name? Like, I mean, kind of how, like, is this like your baby? Is this like another child you have? I mean, I I always like to kind of get the ins and outs of when you've got something as precious as that that is so important to what you do, Maria. Yeah, I do. I do have one main violin. I have a spare as well um, because you always have to have a spare in case your main one needs to go in to have some gluing done or some tonal adjustment. There's all kinds of little jobs that need to be done regularly on an instrument. Uh, usually it's only gone for a couple of days. Um, but, uh, yeah, so my main instrument, I haven't named it. That's something that doesn't resonate with me for some reason. I know some people actually give their violins a name. For me, I don't see it so much as a my baby as an extension of myself. Ah, so I, I guess that's junior. why. <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, you've got your two arms and you've got your violin and your bow, which are kind of, so it's like a, a physical and 
Oh, without getting too deep. <laughs> oh, go go for it. Come on. Get get it. It's it's your baby. Come on. <laughs> no, it's not my baby. <laughs> we went over that. Uh yeah, so it's like a, a physical and emotional and spiritual extension of your, it's it's the it's the medium through which you you express um, so much. It's uh, and and that sounds I don't want that to sound egoistic uh, because egotistical because um, when I perform it's very much a connection with the audience. Mm. So it's always about who is this audience and what do they need to hear today. So. Um, and my violin is like the medium through which I can get that through. What, so, yeah. <laughs> you, what, as somebody playing sort of classical music, what do you look for in the audience to know that they're really into it? And that's probably a bit of an odd question, but I'm thinking like if you're a, you know, a singer, like you're at a pop concert, rock concert, you know, they're dancing, they're, you know, they're moshing, they're, they're doing certain things, right? But like you don't get that at a classical symphony, right? So is it more of a just they're fully immersed in the music? Like can you judge a body language, facial expression of the audience and go like, oh, they're really into this. Yeah, sometimes you don't really know until after the end of the first piece where they applaud. But there is, I don't know, there is something. Sometimes you walk out on the stage and you just feel um, a bit of a buzz from the audience and you just you just know that, you know, this audience is, you know, and you, sometimes you see looks between the, the orchestra, uh, you know, we're all feeling a bit excited because this audience feels particularly connected with us and then usually as the concert goes on because often audiences don't know what to expect either mm. some, of, some of them are uh, you know some of them come to concerts all the time others are coming along for the first time or they've been brought, brought along by friends and so it's often those people who will steer the audience vibe um, in, a, in a positive direction as the concert goes on because they're like wow, I didn't know what to expect and this is actually amazing. Live concerts are so much different. <laughs> so a completely different kettle of fish to putting on the radio in the car and hearing a bit of Mozart. People come to a classical concert and they think it's going to be that, what they've heard a little bit in the car before they've decided to change the channel to something with more of a dance beat. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not at all. So when you go to a live concert, there's the connection directly with the performers on stage and um, people who haven't been to so many concerts are picking up on this from the first note we play and usually getting more into it and re- realising, wow, this is something that, you know, uh, as an Australian I wouldn't have thought of because Australia has such an outdoor, you know, it's go to the beach usually or go and play um, some cricket. Or <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, you know, when people realise, wow, I can go to a live classical in inverted commas concert because a lot of what classical musicians do as I keep saying is so uh so broad now mm. it takes in so much every movie that you go to usually involves classical music of, yeah. of some form, and that's a big part of our work so it's yeah it's, really- the, it's one of the very few genres still that you don't really sit there and film it on your phone. So people are actually paying attention to the music, right, rather than staring it through their screen. So that's one of the very few that we can come to a concert like this, put our phones away and actually enjoy the music. That's very true. That's very true. It's really funny, isn't it, when you see like hundreds of thousands of phones up recording a whole concert. Um, And, yeah, our concerts, there might be someone sneakily trying to. (laughs) You can see them. You're like, oh, there's one. There's always one. 
they're they're a friend of you know one of the trumpet players and they're trying to film him <laughs> to show their cousin overseas or something yeah, yeah. that's that's about it <laughs> yeah and then and then they're swiftly out the door if they get caught of course the, la- <laughs> the last one i've got to ask you here maria and again if you can't answer this this is fine if you want to keep it secret that's fine again i i just i have to ask this for the sake of this show can you tell me on your playlist are you doing die another day oh, that's a that's a bit more of an obscure one isn't it it's, it's not always just done. a bit <laughs> <laughs> i think i'll leave that for people to find out whether that's Ooh, there i like the mystery i like the mystery <laughs> just saying if, if if you're not um you've got time maybe not really a lot of time but uh it, there is violins in the Donna song, I think it might be the only song I know of Madonna that she really uses a violin. But anyway, just, you know, just putting it out there. I've got to mention it anyway. Uh, for those who are in Sydney or are coming to Sydney and, of course, would like to see it happening this weekend on both Saturday and Sunday, tickets still available right now. Go to willoughbysymphony.com.au to find out all the information. We will tag it on our post as well. Nine, uh, 7 p.m., sorry, on Saturday night and 2 p.m., on Sunday in Chatswood. So check it out. Maria, I'm so excited to be able to see this. I'm looking forward to seeing it all happen across the weekend. And it is such an honour to be able to chat with you on the show today. Thank you for joining us. Oh, definitely come and say hi on Saturday night. I always come out afterwards and uh, and, and chat to people. So we're good to see you there. Thanks for having me here today. And an absolute pleasure for Maria to be on the show thank you so much maria for your time and for the willoughby symphony orchestra to arrange that chat for us as i said just then in the closing part of that interview willoughbysymphony.com.au you can find out the details there grab a ticket to it happening 7 p.m tomorrow night and then 2 p.m on sunday afternoon in chatswood in sydney if you are right there like i am listening to this or if you just happen to be in Sydney this weekend and you want to check it out, go along, check it out, and have some fun with it. Now, obviously, by uh, legal requirement, I've mentioned the movie multiple times, so I do have to do this. It, it, it's law. I just, I just have to do it. And now that I've seen her live singing that song twice, I have to do it. I'm not going to talk about that right now because I think that's... I'm going to save that for when Noah and Colin on to really rub it in their face. Oh, let's be honest. And bugger it. I'm going to close out with that song in just a moment as well. So, because I can and I have the power. And that's why it's uh, so great to not have Colin and Noah on this show. Which, let's be honest, is is what sometimes we want. Right, Colin? <laughs> oh, good one, Ben. Oh, comedy goals from Ben Waterworth. Oh. Really has been a funny episode. And, and Noah, just quickly, uh, I've talked about uh, it a few times. What do you think of Die Another Day? I do actually kind of like Die Another Day. And I've got to play it again. So good to have the power. Anyway, big thanks again to Maria for her time on the show. We'll be back at some point, no doubt, in the coming weeks with more episodes and to entertain you and get you excited for everything to do with James Bond. We've got some rankings on the horizon. We're still going to do Man from uh, New York or Sherlock Holmes in New York or whatever the hell it's called. We can't even remember the name of the movie because it's been so long since we've been advertising that we haven't even done it. And plenty more to get you excited on the James Bond franchise that we do here on Double on 7. My name is Ben and analyze this. I'm gonna wake up Some part of I'm gonna keep